Welcome to the Empowering Midlife Wellness Podcast, where we talk about everything to do with midlife women's wellness and creating the best second half of life. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. I'm a board-certified gynecologist, certified menopause practitioner and hormone replacement specialist, as well as an ICF-certified life and leadership coach and lots of other things. So if you want to check me out and learn about my private practice and other offerings, my website is www www.drsusan.com. That's D-R-S-U-S-A-N.com. It's my commitment to stay neutral by not accepting advertising dollars from sponsors. So all of these episodes are offered freely. And the best way that you can help this podcast is to share it with your friends, leave a positive review, and also keep in mind this is simultaneously posted in video format on YouTube, where you can find me by searching for Dr. Susan Hardwick-Smith. This week on Empowering Midlife Wellness, I'm talking about all of the amazing benefits of fiber. And when your mom said, eat your vegetables, she was right. And now we've got lots of data to support what the benefits are of eating fiber, which you can certainly get from your diet. And I'll also talk about ways that you can supplement fiber if you're not getting enough in your diet, the different types of fiber, all the things you ever wanted to know. Hi friends and welcome to this week's episode. So today I'm talking about something a little bit less sexy than we often talk about, going back to talking about gut health. And particularly today I'm going to be talking about fiber because that is so important for so many things. And as science keeps evolving, we're finding out more and more benefits from fiber. Many of us don't know much about fiber, but it is a really interesting story. You know, our moms and grandparents always said, eat your vegetables when we were little kids. And they were right. I don't think they knew why exactly. It just intuitively sounded like a good idea. But one of the main reasons to eat lots of plants is because that's where we get fiber. And not to mention lots of other nutrients. So today I'm going to talk about all things to do with fiber. What's the difference between soluble fiber, insoluble fiber? How much do we need? Where does it come from? What are the benefits? everything to do with fiber. So let me start just with the basics. So fiber is undigestible by human beings. So when we eat plants, uh, plants have fiber in them, which is an indigestible form of carbohydrate, which passes into our gut. And it actually is the nutrition that our healthy bacteria need to survive. So it's critical to have a lot of fiber for lots of reasons, one of which is to help provide nutrition for our healthy gut microbiome. And we've talked before about how important it is to have a healthy gut microbiome. We have trillions of bacteria. It's a whole universe living in our colon. And we really need to understand how that works because as we learn more about medical science, we're learning more about how important gut health is. I mean, it really might be the source of most diseases, not to overstate things, but that really seems to be the case, that many or most diseases possibly start with an unhealthy gut microbiome, and that could even be the cause of a lot of diseases. So it is so important to understand how we can keep our gut healthy. Okay, so when we eat fiber, which we cannot digest, it passes into our colon, and lots of things happen. So fiber is the food, as I mentioned, for the healthy gut microbiome. So those healthy bacteria produce a substance called butyrate, 
and that actually helps keep the walls of the colon intact because there are these little cells called tight junctions as you can imagine by the name of those cells, they're supposed to be held tightly together because we really don't want all the yucky stuff in our colon to leak out into our bloodstream. But many or most of us do not have a healthy gut biome and we have some version of what some people call leaky gut syndrome or an excess of permeability or just openness of those junctions in the colon. And as a result, stuff leaks out of our colon and as you know, what's in the colon is a lot of nasty stuff that our body's trying to get rid of. We certainly don't want it recycled back into our bloodstream. So when stuff leaks out of the colon into our bloodstream, our very clever immune system goes on attack to get rid of all of that stuff. And we form antibodies against it. That is called inflammation. And as a result, some things can go wonky, not limited to our body forms antibodies that attack our own cells. We've talked about before how Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is an autoimmune form of low thyroid, as an example, is very likely started by, or at very least accentuated by this issue, which then forms an antibody that is designed to kill the stuff that's leaking out of our colon and inadvertently ends up knocking off enzymes that are very important in thyroid hormone production. And so there's a lot of research emerging that suggests that possibly many or even all autoimmune diseases start with gut dysbiosis, some form of leaky gut syndrome. Possibly that's why we develop autoimmune disease. We don't know that for sure, but it seems to be leaning in that direction because so many studies show that improving gut health leads to an improvement in autoimmune disease for many patients. And so another great idea would be to prevent that from happening in the first place. So if you have autoimmune disease, this is a particularly important topic for you. And if you don't have it, it's equally important because we don't want to get those things, right? So healthy gut bacteria, really important. They eat fiber. So we've got that covered. They produce butyrate that keeps the tight junctions closed, keeps the walls of the colon healthy. So that sounds good enough just by itself, doesn't it? We don't want that stuff leaking out and then forming antibodies that can attack our own body. That's one reason to eat fiber. <laughs> okay, and there's so many more. Um, another thing that happens when we eat fiber is that we feel full because fiber attracts water into it. And so many, many studies have shown an association between eating a lot of fiber and having lower weight, less diabetes. If you have diabetes, it can make it much better. It actually reduces cardiovascular disease. We've known for a long time it reduces colon cancer incidence. And now recent studies show that it actually decreases breast cancer incidence as well as possibly other cancers. But definitely those two have a number of studies that are pretty irrefutable uh, proving that colon cancer and breast cancer are lower in patients who eat more fiber. I mentioned diabetes. Blood pressure is improved lipid panel is improved, cardiovascular disease is improved. Now, you could look at all of those things and you could say, well, is it causative? And this is something that's very important to think about. Is it the fiber that's causing this decrease in disease? Or is it that people who eat more fiber are generally going to be 
leaner because they're eating lots of vegetables. Possibly they're going to be in a higher socioeconomic status because they can afford lots of vegetables. Possibly they're just going to go to the doctor more often, so they're going to detect these things earlier. There's a lot of different reasons why those things could be associated, but there are emerging studies that show that independent of all of those things, fiber actually has significant health benefits, including cancer reduction, even if you took out all those other variables. So it's an ongoing point of learning for medicine, and this is like skyrocketing even over the last uh, several years about how much gut health affects our general health. But things we know for sure are that it improves all of the things that I mentioned. And one of the most important things for patients that see me is that when we have healthy gut biome and we're not experiencing leaky gut syndrome, we lose weight more efficiently. And so why is that? Well, when we don't have all this inflammation, we have lower insulin levels. And we've talked about before that high insulin levels when we're fasting, we also call that insulin resistance. It's not only a pre-diabetic condition, but insulin is a fat storing hormone. The job of insulin comes from our pancreas, just right beside our stomach, is to bring glucose into our cells so that we can use it for energy. But if we bring excess glucose into our cells, we store it as fat. So if you've got lots of circulating insulin, more than you should have because you become resistant or insensitive to insulin, you are a fat storing machine. I think of insulin like a little person sitting at the bottom of your stomach just waiting for some food to come down there and I grab it and turn it into fat. So insulin resistance, we don't want that. We certainly don't want diabetes. So very important. And so that's probably the biggest concern of my patients is regarding weight. And, and that's a huge issue. So if we can help with insulin resistance just by itself, that would be great. But we're also helping with all the other diseases that I mentioned when we're getting enough fiber. So how do you get enough fiber? Well, we always want to start with food. So you can get fiber in food. You do not need to take a supplement. Uh, now we recommend for women over 50 about 30 grams of fiber a day. So you can go on Google and look at the amount of fiber that's in various foods. It's quite difficult to get 30 grams of fiber a day. Now especially those of us who are doing some form of intermittent fasting, maybe you've only got eight hours of the day to eat. If you're on a weight loss program, you may be really laser focused on getting your protein in first, which I do highly recommend. We've got to get that protein in. And then maybe you're just too full to eat a whole bunch of colored vegetables, or maybe you're eating less than ideally you should, or maybe you're someone like me who might have one or two meals a day that are literally a protein shake. There's no fiber in there. I'm just going to say I do not have a perfect diet. I am vegetarian. <laughs> you would think I get a ton of vegetables. I do try to eat like a big salad at least once a day, but it is quite difficult for me to get 30 grams of fiber a day just with my lifestyle. I will admit that at least one of my meals is usually a protein shake. And so for certain people like me, in order to get 30 grams or more of fiber a day, I really do need to take a supplement. Now, I'll just say I choose to take a supplement because I could also eat more vegetables, but at the current moment, that's not happening. So yes, we can get it from food. So where do we get fiber? 
obviously in vegetables, just like how mothers used to tell us, it's really important to eat your vegetables. It's really important to eat lots of multicolored vegetables. Other sources of fiber often are not so appealing for those of us who are maintaining our weight, like complex carbohydrates and grains. Now that's fantastic, but that's also gonna have a lot of carbohydrates in it. And if we're reducing carbohydrates, because we're on a weight loss plan, for example, eating a lot of brown rice or whole grain breads, for example, might not be something that appeals to you. So it can get a little bit tricky. On one side, we're saying eat lots of whole grains, eat lots of oatmeal, eat lots of brown rice. And at the same time, we're saying try to eat less than 50 grams of carbohydrates a day. That's going to be very difficult to do. So if you're in a weight loss program which is lowering carbohydrates, I realize that's controversial. Not everybody's doing that. But if you are someone who's doing that, you're eating your protein first, try to get as many colored vegetables as you can. And very unlikely will that be 30 grams a day, just telling you because I don't get 30 grams a day. So yes, you can get it from food. And food is always the best source of everything. And in the event that we don't get enough through food, that's where supplements do have a part. And I'm not big on taking lots of supplements, as you know, but sometimes we need some. And a fiber supplement might be something that you want to think about if you're someone who doesn't routinely get 30 grams of fiber in your diet. So what are some options for fiber supplementation? Well, there's so many. You can go to Walgreens and get good old Metamucil, for example, which has been around forever. And then there's a little bit more, and that's not a problem. That's a perfectly good example of a good type of fiber. Some people don't think it tastes very good because it's a little gritty, but it certainly works for the purposes that we're talking about. So there's a lot of different kinds of fiber. I talked about soluble versus insoluble. Well, just like it sounds, soluble fiber would be fiber that dissolves in water. Insoluble fiber would be the opposite. It doesn't dissolve in water. Well, both are found in plants and both have a lot of benefits. But uh, for the purposes of what we're talking about with supplementation, we're talking about soluble fiber. And soluble fiber seems to be the type of fiber that has the benefits that we're talking about for gut health in general. Uh, for example, cancer prevention, diabetes reduction or prevention, heart disease, blood pressure, all of the benefits I talked about, we're generally talking about soluble fiber. Now, insoluble fiber is really great for pulling water into our system. It absorbs water, so it helps our bowel movements to be more regular. So that might be something that would help you to be regular if you're constipated, but possibly doesn't have all of those other health benefits. Well, the good news is that both of them come together when you're eating fiber from a dietary source. But if you're taking a supplement, chances are we're focusing on soluble fiber. So I'm going to talk about a couple of my favorite products, and I uh, do not get paid by any supplement companies. I've mentioned that before. I simply tell you about some things that I like, and you can have other ones if you want to, <laughs> but these are just some that I like. So there's a particular type of fiber that has a brand name, Sun Fiber. So Sun Fiber is really cool because it dissolves in water and it's tasteless, so you can put it in anything. I mean, you can really even put it in your coffee. You can throw it in a smoothie. It mixes easily with water to kind of a milky color, has no taste at all. 
So it's great in that way if you're someone who might want to throw a scoop of fiber into something that you're drinking or just put it in water and drink it by itself. So it actually comes from a particular kind of plant called the cluster bean. That's just a piece of trivia that you might want to pull out somewhere. Uh, but a cluster bean, I'll show you a picture of what that looks like in the wild. So when you mix some sun fiber with water and drink it or put it in your coffee or your smoothie, it turns into what's called gua gum, G-U-A-R gum. And that feeds the healthy bacteria in your gut and leads to all of those wonderful benefits that I'm talking about. It also helps you to feel full more quickly, uh, lowers your blood sugar, lowers your hunger. So you eat less, then you lose weight. <laughs> and perhaps that's the reason why we see less of all these diseases. We don't really know, but hey, I'll take it. It's a good outcome, even though we don't know the exact reason why it works yet, whether it's primary, possibly it is, or whether it's because of all the other reasons. So gets down into your colon, helps you have a nice regular bowel movement, makes the gut microbiome very happy because they have some yummy food to eat. They produce butyrate, keeping the tight junction cells of the colon intact the way we want them to be, and then reduces our risk of all of those things happening that we don't want when that toxic stuff leaks into our system, right? So sun fiber is a great product. Well, where can you get it? I talk about thorn products all the time. Again, I always like to mention, I do not get paid to say this, but thorn fiber mund is a really great sun fiber product. So a scoop of that is a great way to add to the fiber that you're getting during the day. Now, um, I've had some interesting conversations with some real purists who are like religious about intermittent fasting, and I've put out there on social media that I have my scoop of sun fiber every morning with a probiotic and a cup of coffee right afterwards, and some of them get very upset, like, oh my gosh, you can't have that because it's got carbohydrates in it and it's got calories. No, not really. Keep in mind... <laughs> Fiber is not digestible, so just as a reminder, when you're looking at the number of carbohydrates in anything, you take the number of carbohydrates total and subtract the fiber, and that gives you what's called net carbohydrates. So basically, it's a net zero plus or minus because you are getting carbohydrates in the fiber, but fiber is not digestible, so those do not count. So if you want to be a real purist about the number of calories and the number of carbs that you can have when you're fasting, do not worry about fiber. <laughs> that, I mean, that's really kind of nitpicking to a point that it's not clinically relevant. If we're doing intermittent fasting, the whole point of it is that we don't want to ingest a lot of calories when we're fasting. We want to be more or less calorie-free, plus or minus, so that we are pushed into fat burning. But I promise you, having a scoop of fiber isn't going to change that at all. So have your fiber. Don't worry if you're fasting. It doesn't break your fast. It actually makes you full. So I kind of like in the morning having my fiber and my probiotic and my cup of coffee. And it feels like I had something for breakfast, but the, it's sort of net neutral as far as calories or carbs, unless you want to be really a religious purist about it. It's fine. <laughs> so do that. Now, uh, so sun fiber is cool, it's tasteless. Some people don't like tasteless, so maybe you want something that actually tastes good, and that's another great option. So I found another really great product that I absolutely love. Uh, there's a company called Bellway, and I love Bellway fiber products. Uh, one of my favorite flavors in the entire world is passion fruit. I don't know if you guys know about passion fruit because it's not very common in the United States. But when I grew up in New Zealand, we actually had passion fruits growing like weeds in our back garden. Uh, they grow in Hawaii and other tropical places, and they are just 
the most incredible flavor. Um, if you buy a passion fruit in where I live in Houston, it costs about $10 and you might use it sparingly as a garnish on something. But we would like scoop the passion fruit and just eat them like, you know, handfuls of them because they were basically lying on the ground. It's a fantastic flavor. So if you haven't tried it, I recommend it. So Bellway makes a whole bunch of stuff, but my personal favorite one is their passion fruit pineapple fiber. Now this particular fiber is not sun fiber. It's a different type of soluble fiber made from psyllium husk. So I'll show you a picture of a psyllium plant. It's just a different type of plant. And then the husk of this plant is ground down to produce the powder that is uh, called psyllium husk. That's another very great soluble form of fiber if you're taking a supplement. So the Bellway products use psyllium husk, which is another great alternative. And they make it taste yummy without sugar, which is really cool. So if you mix a scoop of this, this is my favorite flavor. They've got others. You can check them out at the link below. If you make a scoop of this yummy passion fruit pineapple powder, I just mix in a water and drink it because it tastes really good. It actually tastes very sweet. And that's because it's got natural fruit juice in it. But the carbohydrate sugar content is essentially zero. It's kind of a net zero, as I mentioned, with the fiber not being digestible. So you can actually have something kind of sweet and yummy instead of something tasteless. And that may or may not be good for you, but I kind of like both. I got a little bit bored with the tasteless stuff and now kind of on a phase of drinking my pineapple yummy stuff in the morning. And I do like something that tastes sweet that doesn't really have any effect on my blood glucose because it's not elevating your insulin level. The net carbs are essentially zero and there's no sugar in it. So that's a really great product as well. And Bellway makes uh, capsules of fiber too that are psyllium cast. And Bellway makes capsules of fiber as well that are also psyllium husk. I think all their products are psyllium husk based and it's just another great resource. And there are so many types of fiber. I mean, you can literally go to Walgreens and have Metamucil. Uh, not my favorite. <laughs> I don't know, maybe just from growing up, it just sort of sounds bad, but there's nothing wrong with Metamucil. That's another psyllium husk product, but uh, you know, if you want to try something fancier and a little bit more yummy, you might want to try one of these others as well. But any of those are good. And a scoop of any of these is not going to get you to 30 grams of fiber, but it's going to just supplement what you're getting in your diet. Because we are getting fiber in our diet, assuming we're eating fruit and vegetables, and let's please do that. But we may not be getting enough, so this just adds a little bit to what we might be missing. Another really cool thing about taking fiber in the morning is that we know it helps with regularity because it does speed up our bowel function, whether it's soluble or insoluble fiber. So my gut health has gotten so great now that I've reduced gluten and dairy, and I'll talk to you a little bit about that, as well as adding a probiotic and fiber daily and eating fiber in my diet. It's really cool. And we love talking about bowel movements when we're doctors, but it's really cool to have a full evacuating bowel movement once a day, like one of those big ones that makes you feel great afterwards. That's great, isn't it? And it's so ridiculous that in medical science, constipation is still defined as three days without a bowel movement. That's terrible going three days without a bowel movement. I would say constipation would be anything less than having a full evacuative bowel movement once a day. That's really what we're going for. It's not entirely convenient or comfortable to have four small bowel movements a day. It's really nice to have one large evacuative bowel movement once a day and eating a lot of fiber, cutting down on gut inflammation, 
having a healthy gut microbiome really increases the chances that we'll be able to do that. And then we have a nice flat tummy, we don't have gassiness, we don't have intestinal pain and all of those things. So speaking of intestinal pain, if you're someone who has not taken in a lot of fiber in the past, you probably don't want to jump from close to zero to 30 grams of fiber overnight because your intestine is going to be quite surprised and you may develop some gassiness or bloating or even some diarrhea or other uncomfortable symptoms. So always add this in slowly. For example, if you're taking a probiotic, and again, I've mentioned this in previous videos, you can get probiotics in your diet with yogurt, kombucha, any type of fermented foods, sauerkraut, etc. And I'll just say, I don't do any of that, especially those of us who are reducing dairy, yogurt, at least from dairy milk, is probably something I'm not going to be eating. So in my case, taking a probiotic is a good idea, especially if you've taken a course of antibiotics. Everybody, please take a probiotic, because if you take antibiotics for any reason, and please try to minimize that, because it's really been shown that antibiotic use is probably one of the causes of this epidemic of obesity that we have now. I'll tell you a little bit more about why, but if we wipe out or really disturb our healthy gut microbiome, all of the things I previously mentioned happen let's just say a very short abbreviated version is at least to carbohydrate and insulin sensitivity and ultimately to weight gain and obesity. So antibiotic use, definitely take a probiotic afterwards. I just take one every day because my gut really likes it. And I personally do not get probiotics in my diet because I'm not eating yogurt, sauerkraut, kombucha, kimchi, all those type of things. Now, if you are eating all those things, great. You don't need a probiotic supplement. But if you're not, that's a really good idea. So it, it's a very important thing to understand that our gut is not just something that we're carrying around with us that makes us go to the bathroom now and then. Think about it like a really important population of a whole planet, trillions of bacteria that are interacting. And if we don't take care of them as if they're our own children, I mean, take care of them like they're your own children, because kind of they are, they live inside your body and we need to take care of them. If we don't take care of them, we are going to be harmed. And so if I told you that you could take something simple or alter your nutrition in a very simple way, such that it would reduce your risk of colon cancer, breast cancer, obesity, diabetes, overweight, hypertension, heart disease, lots of other things, autoimmune disease, we talked about that. Of course you would do it, right? And, and I'm telling you that's the case. It's quite simple, just like how mothers and grandmothers said, eat your vegetables. So <laughs> eat your vegetables, and then if you don't eat enough vegetables, uh, remember cooked vegetables don't have as much fiber as raw ones. We're not talking about juices, because if you take the juice out of a vegetable or a fruit, it's unless you're eating the what's left behind part, you're not getting the fiber. So fruit juice doesn't count. We're talking about if you're doing juicing, like blending the whole fruit together or vegetable. So you can do a smoothie with a whole bunch of vegetables thrown in there. Great idea. If I had a smoothie butler, I would for sure do that every day, but I don't. So I take a fiber supplement. But that would be a better idea, honestly, if you want to go to the grocery store or your organic farmer's market, just buy a ton of lots of things and throw them into the blender. That's a fantastic source of fiber. But I am sensitive to the fact that that is not the way that many of us live. So number one, always food. 
The best way to get a whole lot of vegetables in a very concentrated way is by throwing them in a blender and making them into a smoothie. You can take this many vegetables and make them into a glass. That's a huge opportunity. And so again, when I get my smoothie butler, I'll be doing that every day. Until then, I take a fiber supplement. So sun fiber, you might wanna try the Thorn Fiberman product, or if you want something that tastes really yummy, any of the Bellway products, especially that yummy passion fruit pineapple one, one of my favorites, there's lots of others. And then how do we know if this is working? Well, you're gonna know because you feel better, first of all, you'll be having more regular bowel movements, less tummy upset, bloatedness, gassiness, all of those things, which is great, so you'll feel better. And if you're a patient who's had elevated blood sugar, elevated insulin, elevated cholesterol, elevated weight, you're gonna see all of those parameters getting better. So it is a really good idea, I think, to be seeing a doctor regularly and check those things especially insulin, because your general doctor is not gonna check fasting insulin with few exceptions. That's a critical thing to check because insulin resistance is so common and it will be missed with your standard diabetes test. I can say that because I missed it for years before I learned about testing for insulin resistance. It's critical to test for that. So you'll see your, your blood work getting better, you'll see your body feeling better, and then you can also do stool testing. And I talked about that in a previous episode with uh, my functional medicine dear friend, Dr. Nishat Latib. So you can see a functional medicine doctor and do a full spectrum stool test. And that's a really good idea. You may not have access to a functional medicine doctor. It's not inexpensive to do that. And so there are some at-home gut tests that are mm, almost as good. And so I'm going to put a picture of one that is, again, made by Thorne. I love Thorne. So this particular product, you can do a test at home. You know, it doesn't give you all the information that you would get from a functional medicine doctor, but it's a pretty good start. And so if you do that at home, it's going to help you to understand what's going on with your gut microbiome so that you can make changes to adjust it. And if you're someone like me who likes data, it can be really powerful to see that so that you can be motivated to make those changes uh, because sometimes it just feels kind of ethereal. It's like, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to get colon cancer or breast cancer. It just doesn't seem very real. But when we actually see that data, like your stool showing that your gut microbiome is out of balance or your insulin is going up or your cholesterol is going up or any of those things, it, it really is motivating to make some changes. And this is such a simple one. Such a simple one. It's just eating vegetables or taking a fiber supplement if you're someone like me and making sure that you're getting live bacteria in your diet either through yogurt, fermented foods, or a daily probiotic. And my favorite one currently is the Thorn uh, multi-strain bacteria called Florisports. That's just one. There's so many out there. You might have another one that's your favorite. But with probiotics, they are live bacteria. And so studies have shown that many of the products that are sold over the counter may not even have live bacteria in them, or if they do, they're killed in the stomach and don't even make it into your colon. So it is really important to have a good product if you're choosing to take a supplement probiotic. And so that's just one option. So you don't need to shop around too much. So that's what I have to say about fiber. It is so important, so important. So make sure you're getting your 30 grams of fiber a day. It's going to reduce your risk of so many diseases, including big ones like colon cancer, breast cancer, diabetes, hypertension, many, many more, as well as helping with your weight. 
So eat your vegetables. And if you like this episode, share it with your friends. And I can't wait to see you next week. 